As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This episode is presented by BetMGM, the exclusive betting partner of The Athletic. Sign up at BetMGM.com using the promo code THEATHLETICPOD. Welcome back to another edition of the Standard Room Only Podcast. Yes, I am Ben Stanton. I'm going to cover the Washington football team for The Athletic, which means on this Sunday night, I'm in Charlotte, still here, basking in the glory of another Washington football team win that was just, um, it was a fun one. This was actually a legitimately fun game. I can't say this is like the most shocking of wins for this team, because it's not like I thought the Carolina Panthers were some juggernaut, but at the same point, on the road against a really good defense, and you never know what you're going to get from Washington, it feels like, although maybe now we do because it's been now two weeks in a row they've looked like a real NFL team despite all the injuries and other and other issues. Uh, so we're going to discuss what on earth happened there. Uh, I'm doing this from my hotel room in Charlotte, so I, I didn't want to just talk myself. So I reached out to the one and only Bobby Bancroft, who is usually with me at the Washington home games, um, but he watched this one from his abode, and we're going to talk about what happened. Roberts, I mean, they won. I, I, let's just start with that. I, I don't, I don't know where you, where, where your expectation level was going to this. I have a feeling we both were thinking the Panthers would figure out a way to win, and yet, no. Washington said, "Cam Newton, sorry, we're going to ruin your uh, return home." Yeah, definitely a tough one to figure out when the other team is starting a quarterback who a couple weeks ago was watching games just like I did today, right? But it was Cam Newton, and I would even say, obviously, they won, so they ruined his, you know, his comeback, you know, back in Carolina. But he had a pretty good game for someone that wasn't in the league a couple of minutes ago. Yeah, no, I mean, look, Cam Newton, I thought, played actually pretty well, right? Like you said, I mean, he was... Uh, I all this talk all this week, obviously, big storyline, of course, going to the game, you know, Ron Rivera going back to Carolina, not just going back to the place he was for nine years before getting fired in 2019. But now all of a sudden, the quarterback he had for all that time, Cam Newton, is, is back with the Panthers. And I know he did a couple of good things last week against Arizona, but, you know, whether he can actually be a, a viable quarterback over four quarters is another story. Now, it's not like he's been gone forever. He was with the Patriots back in the preseason, but that's, you know, a couple right. months ago. He looked pretty good. I mean, relatively speaking, his completion percentage was high. He didn't look like he could run much. And I think that was probably something that was a big factor because I was wondering about the read option stuff. I mean, he let me, let me rephrase that. He did have the one touchdown 
um, obviously run where he broke free, but like other, and, and that's not, it's not an other than that moment. You know, that was, a, that was a great play and that tied the, um, uh, tied the game up. But like when, uh, other than that, it wasn't a consistent, you know, being able to sort of really put Washington on its heels in that realm. Regardless, he completed passes. Christian McCaffrey did the Christian McCaffrey for things as a runner and receiver. DJ Moore had a touchdown. So the, the Panthers stars stood up, but, uh, Washington's guys. I mean, Taylor Heineke, I guess we can just sort of start there on, on, on the offense a little bit. Uh, you know, Taylor Heineke, uh, I don't, you know, again, I feel like every time I always have to caveat everything with, we don't really need to discuss whether Taylor Heineke is the long-term answer, but what's clear is he gives them a, ba- at a minimum, a, a backup quarterback, a guy that can play. And as the guy who's in there now, he keeps figuring out ways to make plays. He's fun to watch the scrambling. I mean, um, Washington converted two fourth downs today huge plays huge calls by Ron Rivera the first one was a uh, pass to uh, DeAndre Carter uh, late in the first half that that helped set up a touchdown to give them a uh, uh, to tie the game at 14 at halftime and then later in the game with the score tied 21 all fourth and three he drops behind it he drops back can't find anybody he's doing the scramble thing what's he going to do what's he going to do all of a sudden, he finds John Bates open. Yes, John Bates. That's what we're looking. That's what we're talking about here uh, in the tight end room. Completed the pass, leads to a Joey Sly field goal, and Sly gets two in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, I think he just finds ways to make plays, and you know, whatever it is, the gritty. He's not afraid. Whatever you want to say is he. Whatever he he makes plays, and at some point, you know, that just needs to be acknowledged. And I think today was just another example of that. And kudos to him. Yeah, and when you look at his stat line, it's almost like, you know, with three touchdown passes, you would think maybe he had more than 206 yards. And, you know, it, it seemed like he had a better game. You know how sometimes when you talk to a guy and you go back and transcribe and you think, wow, it sounded like it sounded great at the time and it, it didn't really say anything great. Um, he just kind of does enough. And I think what you said about his wheels is kind of what separates him. And if they're going to be successful and he's going to be successful, he has to find ways to get loose, and he did. You know, 46 yards on the ground, um, or I'm sorry, 29 yards. You know, it's still he had a couple couple long runs, and, you know, he probably looked better out better running than Cam Newton did, in my opinion. Yeah, um, for, for sure. And, you know, we, we, you know, not only is Heineke doing whatever he's doing, again, no Logan Thomas, no Ricky Seals-Jones. That means their top two tight ends are out. Their three, their tight ends today, therefore, were – Samus Reyes, who actually started the game, uh, again, he never played football until this year. John Bates, a rookie, who, you know, has done some good things, but, you know, we're not talking about the next Rob Gronkowski or anything. And Tamara Hemingway, who they elevated from the practice squad after they cut him. They re-signed him to the practice squad this week after cutting him in training camp. Then you have, at center, they already lose Chase Rouye. So they start Tyler Larson. He leaves the game. I think it was an ankle injury. He leaves the game. They bring it. They put Wes Schweitzer in at center. He leaves for a little bit because of like a, it was like an equipment issue, I think. And then Keith Ishmael has to come in for a second. So three centers were in the game for Washington. Uh, this is on top of Sam Cosby left the game with a hip issue. He just came back after an ankle after being missing several games with an ankle injury. Um, Cornelius Lucas comes in. Um, that's all happening. Mind you, still no Curtis Samuel. Obviously, we didn't think he would play. He was questionable this week officially, but you know it seemed a lot unlikely that he would play or illogical that he would even play. And then like, Antonio Gibson, who had a, by and large, pretty good game, 95 yards on the ground, has a huge fumble uh, in the first half. He effectively got benched for the last, I think, three possessions of the half. And then um, 
you know, had another sort of bad running out of bounds when they're trying to run out the clock late in the game. My point is there wasn't was a lot of other stuff that wasn't working. You always do have Terry McLaurin. That's a nice piece. DeAndre Carter, three touchdowns in three weeks. But Heineke's having to work at work, work around all these random things. And if we were saying, you know, even you know other guys, you know, more stable quarterbacks that I deal with, we'd say it's a lot. And yet here he is, a guy doing a lot of things. So, um, you know, um, and also you know, Mark, you know, again, two scoring drives in the fourth quarter after Carolina tied the game. You could say Cam Newton's going to get the momentum, and no, Taylor Heineke. Uh, kind of worked it out um, beyond the Heineke stuff. What, what, what about the offense? Like Terry McLaurin, the contested catches uh, just every week. I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm blown away by what he can, uh, what he does out there. I think, I think the way that they recovered handled and then the aftermath of Gibson fumbling, I thought, you know, to survive him fumbling in the red zone, which we've seen him do before to bench him, which is tough for anyone, right? I mean, you don't want to be benched from your podcast. No one wants to be benched in anything. And then he comes back in, and he is just, you know, a stud in the second half, and they win the game. You know, I mean, that was such a big moment. You can just tap McKissick on the shoulder. He comes in. You get something from Patterson. Um, you know, and the O-line, like you said, you know, for years, Washington had Bill Callahan, who's regarded as one of the best offensive line coaches you know, in you know, this sort of last 20 or so years. And I don't think the O-line gets enough credit. So I think the O-line, like you said, handling all of the, you know, shuffling in and out. And then, you know, Gibson, you know, being benched, handling the benching, and then responding, I thought was just huge. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Yeah, uh, for for sure. Um, just to fl- let's flip it over to the defensive side. <laughs> this is not were a real. They, were they missing any of their uh, in their defensive ends? They, they, they were. This is not a real stat. Like I'm making a big deal, but it is funny, right? So, so Montez Sweat, his first game he missed was the Tampa Bay game, the same game in which Chase Young got hurt and went the second quarter. And Washington has won those last two games without those guys. Uh, Tampa Bay last week and now Carolina. You know, could you imagine at the beginning of the year I tell you that Washington wins these two games? Or, you know, has, it looks like they're, they're they're playing a little bit better. They beat Tampa Bay, obviously a huge upset. Now they win this one. And, I and you know, say, hey, the defense is pretty well. And you say, oh, Chase Young, Montez Sweat, I, you know, kind of assuming they had a hand in something. Nope. Uh, not out there. It's the James Smith Williams Casey Two Hill show at the defensive end for the most part. They, they use some five defensive linemen. Look with Matt Ioannidis inside. I saw Daniel Wise at least a little bit out of at an end, um, and of course Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen do their thing. And you know it's 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 wild how this defense, even with the pieces missing, has just been far more effective. 
Uh, you know, this they couldn't stop anybody on third down for most of the year. Now they're two for nine. They were two for nine today um, against the Panthers. And, and like I said, McCaffrey and DJ Moore did their thing, but Carolina had under 300 yards of offense. In part, that was because Washington Handley won the time of possession battle. <clears throat> but regardless, um, they're playing a lot better. And it, it, it is interesting, right? I mean, at some point, you, you know, talent wins out ultimately, but you know, scheme and football is such a big deal. And whatever we were all talking about earlier in the year in terms of something not working, Rivera, Jack Del Rio said, hey, it's 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 going to take a minute. The scheme is there. Things are going right. This will give it a minute. The last two games in particular, at least, it's gotten better. And, you know, even the Denver game, you know, they largely kept Denver in check. The offense just couldn't score in the red zone. Um, so, <laughs> you know, it, it's weird to say that they're playing better in the last two games without their two-star players, and it's not a direct correlation at the same point. That's that's actually what happened. Well, and and recovering, and maybe the idea that it's happened so many times, it's like, well, it's not a big deal. But when you go out there and the other team gets the ball and just marches down on you and you're losing seven nothing, you, you know, to to you know, to stay with it, to trust what's working, to trust the game plan. And, you know, maybe the maybe the fact, like I said, I'm, I'm joking a little bit, but they have a ton of experience giving up an opening touchdown drive. So maybe that's not like, oh, here we go again. It's more like, look, we can recover from this. But, you know, I think all the emotion in that stadium, just how emotional Cam is to have the game start like that. You're thinking, are the Panthers just going to name their score today? And I, I thought particularly, you know, I, I don't know, you know, there's so many advanced stats now. I'm sure there's a stat. But I thought I thought Washington's tackling, particularly the secondary, was Pretty good. You know, there's a couple times where, like, if a guy's able to make a move, you know, is there anyone that's going to, like, stop him? Is, is this going to be a house call? So, pretty impressive. You know, Jackson had a couple of those. I think Curl. Well, Curl um, had a big one. It was the four, They stopped yeah. Carolina twice on fourth down yeah. in the fourth. And on fourth and three, the pass to McCaffrey at the stick, but just in front. I haven't – I got to go back and watch the replay to see if McCaffrey – I guess he probably ran the, the route short. But Curl stuck him and did not let him get away. I think he was the, probably their most effective player against McCaffrey, which is, you know – whatever McCaffrey did really well, but didn't like completely take control of the game. Um, yeah. I mean, ever again, ever since they moved Landon Collins to the Buffalo nickel position, the defense has been a lot better. Again, th- th- this is like the other part of all this. It's like on the one hand, um, they, um, they're playing better. And in the bigger picture, they're right in the playoff mix. We'll get to that in a second. On the other hand, we can't resolve them over the first eight weeks, and it's a shame that for whatever the reason, they couldn't just to say to, to Landon Collins, hey, we're going to make you play this Buffalo nickel, and we're going to have Cam Curl play more towards the back or whatever it is. But either, regardless of what's happening, they've been a, they've been more fundamentally sound. As Jonathan Allen said today, the biggest difference is they're not making all the stupid mistakes, although they have had some like 15-yard penalties for face masking. Otherwise, these things have not completely derailed them um, the way they have in the past, and they haven't been giving up the massively long plays down the field. I mean, Carolina didn't really attack too much deep. I don't even know if Cam Newton threw a pass in the air over 25 yards uh, today. I mean, the touchdown to McCaffrey was 27, so maybe, I guess maybe maybe that was the one. But, um, but you know, I mean, it wasn't like he, he wasn't throwing bombs down the field the way teams were in the first half of the year t- taking advantage of this defense, and um, that's, a, that's a big deal. Um, by the way, you know, you are a noted uh, Northern Virginia kicking legend. Um, yeah. Joey sure. Sly, I mean, you know, sometimes it's uh, it's not like any of us could say definitively what was going to happen, but he's a professional kicker. And no offense to Chris Blewett, but obviously he hadn't kicked in the game in five years. And just seeing Joey Sly go out there 
obviously he's making the kicks that adds to the confidence. But now he's out there. I'm like, oh yeah, I feel pretty good. How Joey Sly kick it? There was like there was a on the first fourth down when it was I think it was fourth and one initially. And then when they had a five-yard penalty, push it back. It would have been like a 56-yard field goal, I think. And there were people in the press box saying they should kick it because they were believing in Joey Sly. I was more of the go for it than kick it and whatever. But, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, you can't just settle for field goals. You can't you can't just feel good about settling for field goals if the kicker is not going to deliver. And now, it's, now he's doing that, and that's just yet another component uh, to what's working here. Yeah, look, you talk to Rivera all the time. I'm at the home the home press conferences, depending on the result of the game, which which team I'm covering. But just like last season where early on they went for two up in New York, kind of cost them a game when it looked like it probably didn't matter maybe because they're off such a poor start. But then once it got closer, he kept thinking, man, that decision might keep him out of the playoffs. The idea of going with Blewett, you know, did did he cost them a game? Did And I don't want to say him because, like you said, I am in the kicking fraternity, not as good as those guys, but – you know, did that cost them a game in a season where, again, you're probably looking to be right on the fringe of that that seventh spot in the NFC uh, playoffs? It's just such a weird – getting rid of Hopkins, you can make the case for. Getting rid of Hopkins for a guy that hasn't kicked in a competitive game in forever was just really, really odd. Um, all right, let, let's, um, let's wrap this up. Nothing on that? No, I agree. I mean, look, I mean, I just, you know – all, all I'm going to say, we'll, we'll, we'll let Chris Blewett, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll let him go in peace. But look, the bottom line is Joey Sly, I mean, who he was not available at that exact moment that they made the switch. He was available not much, a little bit earlier. But Rivera had at that point, I guess, wasn't ready to make the move. He did, again, I, going with a, a professional kicker seemed to be the better way yeah. to go. They, ha- they seem to have one now. And that's, you know, when we talk about this team, if, if you know, if they're able to look, Taylor Heineke, the last two games has been a highly efficient throwing the ball. He has not thrown an interception. They ran for 190 yards today against a team uh, that's one of the better defenses defenses in the league. The offensive line has been very good for Washington. You look at a lot of the analytics and various win rates and things like that. They've they've continued to hold up. And if the defense is able to, um, you know, be closer to the version we all were expecting at the beginning of the year, or at least at a minimum, does not allow too much uh, big plays against them then having the kicker is huge because now this is like you can sort of plan for that a bit more. Whereas before, even with Hopkins, it was like, boy, it felt like a dice roll a lot. So that's a huge thing. Um, We're going to wrap this up here with this. And, and uh, you know, uh, Bobby's been very nice for letting coming on here to, so I don't have to talk to myself. But let's pull up the playoff standings for a second because like two weeks ago, but after the Denver game, I think the only team in the NFC that Washington had a better record than was the winless Lions who remain – remain winless not so much anymore now washington is four and six that's tied for eighth or tied for seventh in the east with at well yeah that that no sorry that 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 in terms of the wild card chase that's tied for seventh in the east but they're now unbelievably only one game out of the wild card race so let's look at this for for a second here the rams are the first wild card that they're they're they're, they're good minnesota and new orleans are tied five or five and five um, I, I'll be honest, I, you know, other than the internet watching, I didn't watch football when I'm at a game, it's hard to watch, but you know, whatever, I have a sense of these things. The Minnesota's five and five, obviously the Kirk Cousins show is what it is, but they beat Green Bay today. I think Minnesota's pretty solid on both sides of the ball. And Cousins is obviously, regardless of what we all want to have the conversations about him, you know, he's a solid quarterback. Probably think they're in a reasonable spot, but you know, we'll see. 
The Saints are five and five, but that's going the wrong way. They've dropped three in a row. Their quarterback situation. I mean, Taylor Heineke is a better quarterback, I think, than anything they have right now, right? So um, they do have the tiebreaker over Washington, but there's that. San Francisco, San Francisco has won two in a row. That's a team that people, I think, thought going into the year would be pretty good. Um, but so maybe they're ascending a little bit. I think Jimmy Garoppolo probably gets you know dumped on too much, but okay. We'll go through some other teams. Any of those three teams for you? I guess my point is I'm trying to see what what are what, where does Washington actually stack up? I, I would say for Minnesota and San Francisco, I would put ahead of Washington. The Saints, not necessarily at this point. Um, well, do you concur with any of that? Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm looking at maybe even a different way. They put themselves in a great position to once like the conference part, or I'm sorry, the division part of their schedule starts, they could be 500 which is basically all you would ever ask for when the season started. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, I mean, uh, yeah. So the, yeah, maybe I went, maybe I should have started with Washington situation first before going to the rest of it. In any event, um, right ahead of them now is, is Philadelphia five and six, Carolina five and six. Obviously we just saw what Carolina was. I think Ron Rivera made a good point today. He said they got Cam Newton at a good time before he kind of, got going here, knows the playbook and, you know, all these kinds of things. And that's right. He's only been here. He's only been in Carolina for, you know, just over a week. So that's not what, that wasn't a full-throated version of Cam Newton, but okay, you know, whatever. So they got a tiebreaker there and they will get Philly twice this year, but Philly is clearly a team that's also making, making noise right now. So, so, so here's Washington's schedule. This, this coming week, week 12, Monday night, home against Seattle. Could you imagine even a couple weeks ago, Bobby, I tell you that the team, of, of note there is Washington, not not the team w- with Russell Wilson back. The Seahawks are looking pretty miserable right now. Um, it but, is a um, Monday night, though. I, I might take Lake Braddock in a Monday night game versus uh, Washington. <laughs> Based on history, you might you might be you might be right. And then Washington goes to the Raiders. I, I'm 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 not going to lie, Bobby. I'm not I'm 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 intrigued by going to Las Vegas. Not going to lie. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. Well, yeah, a little bit. And. Uh, that team's now falling apart. They're, they've lost three in a row. Obviously, they've had an insane amount of things going on for them this year. And, you know, even though, uh, obviously, there's no point in talking about Henry Ruggs from uh, the bigger things are happening. It did take away the argument their best receiver off the field. So um, they are they, they look like they're declining, which is not great for my fantasy football team because Derek Carr is one of my quarterbacks. Um, and then you close the year with the five division games. I don't have the order exactly in front of me. I think it's like Dallas, Philly. Uh, Dallas, Philly, then Giants, or something like that. Either way, it's two games of Dallas, two games of Philly, and the Giants. Obviously, Dallas lost today to um, to Kansas City, but they appear to be the, the the team to beat. Philly's been looking a lot better, and obviously, with the Giants, you know, we kind of get you know they're kind of generally the same category as Washington on some level. Um, they're you know they, they arguably should have beaten Washington the first time they played this. This and this game would be in New York for the finale. Um, but at the same point, Washington could win a bunch of those games. So this is the thing with the NFL parity rules. And even more so this year, it feels like than in other years, uh, which I don't personally think is a great thing, but in terms of Washington's chances, they are, they're right there. And you would have to think at some point, they're going to get a little bit healthier. Logan Thomas could be back soon. We think maybe even by, by, by this coming week, um, you know, Montez sweat at this point, it was originally a four to six week injury. It was now down two weeks. So, you know, he could be back, um, you know, by the beginning of next month. That that obviously would be would 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 be a help. And 
And I don't know, Curtis Samuel, we'll see about that. <laughs> um, but in any event, uh, what, 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 I don't even know. I mean, I don't want to get too crazy and start talking about the playoffs. But at the end of the day, they're one game out of a wild card. So you can't, you can talk about it because uh, it's right there. Yeah. And like I said, um, you know, when you look at the NFC West and, you know, the Niners and there's, a, you know, a couple, I mean, no one ahead of them looks really awesome. But that's kind of to your parody point, and that's sort of what's going on, right? Like, no one, everyone in that group looks like they could be the team or, you know, they could not be the team. But I think you play the Seahawks, who have been terrible since Russell Wilson got hurt, and then since he's been back, they haven't been very good. And the Raiders, the next thing you know, you're 6-6 six and six with, with it all on the line. I don't think the division is within reach unless the Cowboys implode. But you've got the Cowboys and, and the Eagles, boom, 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 where it's, you know, that's going to be you, – basically, you always wanted that part of the season to matter, and they're tracking to a point where it's going to matter, and that's all you can really ask for. Of course, what it does with their draft pick, I'm sure you'll have a lot of podcasts about that. Well, that's what's so funny. I mean, like, you know, I'm not going to completely take a Mia culpa here yet, but I, I after the Denver game, um, I wrote, you know, look, there's no point – like, people are, like, all upset about the red zone offense and all this crap, and I was like, look, this is stupid. There's no point in really discussing any of this. The only thing that really matters is what they do at quarterback and the ownership stuff. That remains the case, right? Regardless of anything else that's happening, all that is the bigger picture stuff. Um, but, you know, they, 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 they tell you, Bobby, I, I'm not very good at this. They tell you the, to live in the moment. And in the moment, they are a much more fun team to pay attention to than they were just a couple of weeks ago, and, and certainly more than they were the first, you know, eight games of the season. Um that's great. A lot of that, I get a lot of that credit to Heineken. I guess also let's, let's give a little bit of credit to Ron Rivera for whatever the reason his teams pick up steam as the season goes along. It doesn't absolve the two and six start. And last year, the same issues happened, <laughs> but, but at the same point, there is, there is precedent here just with his, since he's been in Washington of, of what, of what's going on. And, and it is interesting. Like even despite the injuries and adversity, they're able to keep going. That says something about, the resolve of the team, right? And last week, I think for me, one of the big takeaways was this, they just showed up and played harder than Tampa Bay. And sometimes we can throw out all the other stuff and that's all that matters. The, the, the gap between the best team and the worst team in the NFL is, oh, it, they're all NFL players. It's just a matter of, you know, what, what, what is the thing that's holding somebody back? Obviously there's some talent, but there's some other factors. And right now those other factors, you know, resolve playing together, having fun cam curl mentioned just having fun makes everything better all that is clearly on washington's side right now and good for them we'll give credit to rivera and uh we'll see i mean they're i i think i saw seattle's favored in the in the monday night game um this week and obviously russell wilson's another really good quarterback but clearly that team's having issues and washington's descending so you and i will be out there on monday and we will uh we will see uh we will see what happens there's nothing like battling the traffic on a Monday night to get to Landover. Yes. Well, we're gonna we're we're gonna stay positive. <laughs> I still have a flight to get home to, so we're gonna focus on that travel first, and then we'll deal with that. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Um, so we'll, we'll, I I didn't even do my usual spiel at the top about you know make sure you subscribe to the Athletic, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Spotify or anywhere you do your podcasting, uh, all that fun stuff. But in addition to that, um. It is Thanksgiving week. I hope everybody has a good Thanksgiving. I, I will have some other interviews lined up here over the next 48 hours. So my plan is to put out a podcast um, ahead of Thanksgiving, uh, carry us through the rest of the week. So more to come here 
on the Standing Room Only podcast. Of course, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Ben Standing. Bobby is at Bobby Bancroft. He's a, uh, I, I mentioned the kicking. He's really the, the go-to Georgetown college basketball analyst. So if you want to interested in that, go uh, check that out or go follow his work over at Casual Hoya. Um, and uh, yeah, Bobby and I will be out there on Monday for Seattle for a game that all of a sudden, instead of it being two dregs of the NFC, it's looking like what, this is by the who knows by the end of that day, Washington might be one of those teams in the wild card spot. And uh, sure, why not? The, the world makes no sense sometimes. Um, that's it. <laughs> uh, uh, that, all right, that's it. We'll, we'll sign off, Bobby. Appreciate it. Thanks everybody for checking out the podcast. More to come here on the Standard Room Only podcast, but until next time, see ya.